0: Respectfully dedicated tonight to the United States Marine, the Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. (laughs) The makers of Johnson's Wax for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. (laughs) wish you could live in a world where there wasn't any dirt think how much time and work and money you could save but we do have dirt so the sensible thing is to figure how to get rid of it with the least possible effort one way of course is with the regular use of Johnson's wax on your floors furniture woodwork and other surfaces here's an important thing to remember both Johnson's liquid wax and cream wax clean as they polish the dirt comes off when you apply the wax and when you polish the surface it becomes immaculately clean and beautiful The film of Johnson's wax itself is invisible, but it protects against moisture and wear and can be renewed when necessary to make that protection last indefinitely. If you haven't been using Johnson's liquid wax or the cream wax, try them, especially on your furniture, woodwork, and accessories. You'll know what we mean when we say the wax cleans as it polishes. of 79 Wistful Vista always stops at the best hotels. In fact, he's just stopped at the Wistful Vista Biltmore and bought a cigar. And here, walking through the lobby, we find Fibber McGee and Molly. A
1: wise guy.
2: What's the matter?
1: Oh, that cigar clerk. I asked him if he would sell me an El Ropo caballo and he says yes. I can sell you one, but don't light it in here.
2: Why? My goodness, it's heavenly days. Look at that crowd around that hotel desk,
1: McGee. Hmm. Bunch of unfounded
2: rumors trying to find a place to lay their weary luggage. <laughs> they just turned away that gray-haired man with all the gold braids. Hmm? Say, what does four gold stripes on a navy sleeve mean? Oh, he's
1: the officer in charge of distributing pin-up pictures. <laughs> they call him a petty officer.
2: Ah. Uh-huh.
1: Petty is the fellow that draws. Oh,
2: look, McGee. <laughs> what else Look over there.
1: Huh?
2: That sailor sitting on the suitcase. He looks so discouraged.
1: No wonder he's sitting on the lock. (laughs) He ought to turn it up on end.
2: Nice looking lad, isn't he? Maybe we could do something for him.
1: I don't know what, but it won't do any harm to give him a kind word. Come on. Hi there, sailor. What? Oh, how do you do? Anything bothering you, son?
2: Except us.
1: (laughs) I'm glad you spoke to me, ma'am. I was so lonesome I was about to go out and shoot myself. What? Game of Mm. (laughs) billiards.
2: Oh. Well, not that it's any of our business, but uh, couldn't you get a room here in the hotel?
1: No, ma'am, nor any other hotel. It's all right, though. I'm just here for one night. One night is too long to sleep sitting on a suitcase, bud. You'd be going around tomorrow with circles under your pockets. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can make it up on the train tomorrow.
2: What branch of the Navy are you in, uh, if it isn't a military secret?
1: I'm in the Merchant Marine, ma'am. My hitch is up. Oh, my gosh, it is? Well, we'll stand in front of if you want to hitch it down. (laughs) That's he going underwear.
2: McGee. He means he's been discharged.
1: Yes, ma'am. I'm on my way home now. Going to join up again, bud? I don't know, sir. I might. And then again, I might try to get established in some shore job.
2: Well, that's a very natural impulse, I'm sure. On the other hand, do you think there's any more important shore job than making sure we win the war?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. I'm going to think it over before I do anything. Look, uh, do you folks know of any place in town where I could sleep tonight? not fussy, just some place that's dark, warm, and horizontal. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well,
1: let me think, bud. Maybe the Elks Club could... No, they're redecorating. M-
2: McGee? Huh? Uh, maybe we, uh, I mean, it might be possible to, uh...
1: You mean, uh... Hmm? Why not? Oh, very good question. Look, son, I'm Mr. McGee, and this is my wife, Mrs. McGee. Oh, well, I'm glad to meet you. I'm Tommy Davis.
2: How do you do, I'm sure. Uh, look, uh... Mr. David?
1: Tommy, (laughs) ma'am.
2: Yeah. Look, Tommy, uh, why don't you come and stay with us tonight? We have plenty of
3: room. Yeah,
1: hot and cold running root beer, son. (laughs) Radio in every room. (laughs) They don't work, but they're there. (laughs) Gee, that would be... Well, no, thanks very much. I'll just...
2: Oh, no, no. Come on, Tommy. You won't be a bit of trouble.
1: Oh, it's very kind of you, ma'am, but... I don't think I'd better. My train leaves very Look, early. But, and... us seafaring men have got to stick together, see? Were you at sea, sir?
2: Was he? He still is.
1: <laughs> Had my own boat on the Illinois River, son. 32 footer. <laughs> I can tell you more about scuppering a fiddly hats than you can shake a scuttlebutt at. <laughs> Why, well, mind one time we got caught in a trade wind that tore the starboard bulkheads right out of the gunwale.
3: <laughs> Just the same.
1: <laughs> But just the same, sir, I, I don't think I should. Oh, come on with us, Tommy, my boy. I'll teach you how to tie a Turk's head and a granny knot. My old granny spent one whole m- winter teaching me how to it. <laughs>
2: well, it's
1: very nice of you, sir, but I think it'd be better well,
2: if. I'll we... bet Alice will enjoy talking to you, too, Tommy.
1: Well, I know, but. Alice? Uh, she boards with us, Tommy. Works in an airplane plant. <laughs> well. Uh, of <laughs>
2: course, uh, she may have a date for tonight. You know, she's so popular.
1: That's because she's so beautiful. That wonderful blonde hair, those blue eyes, and that smile. That kid's got a smile that would make Himmler follow her into a Russian, Russian restaurant.
2: <laughs> <laughs> However, Tommy, if you don't feel like it—oh, you... uh, ma'am,
1: I've changed my mind. Let's go. Well, r- right this way, Tommy. No, no, Molly, don't you carry that suitcase. It's too heavy. <laughs> oh, sure, let me carry it, please. Yeah, sure, let Tommy carry it. <laughs> Let's go this way, Tommy. Wait till I pick up my plate. We grab a... Bottle. <laughs>
0: in the orchestra and stomping at the Savoy.
1: sir, Tommy. There's nothing like sailing to bring out the best in a man.
2: I always travel by rail myself, particularly on a boat.
1: (laughs) Uh, did you say Alice ought to be home any minute? Who? Oh, Alice. Yeah, she ought to be home any minute, Tommy. Well, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Well, sir, the time I and Fred Nittany took our boat on a cruise to Starve Rock was really something. (laughs) All of a sudden, out of the South, South, East, coming over Western. Uh... (laughs) A nor'wester comes out of the northwest, Mr. McGee. Oh, ordinarily, yes. But that's what made this wind so unusual. Oh, okay. It was a freak storm, an 80 mile gale. Tore the lashings off the mizzen and the keel hauled the jib so he could hardly batten down the mainstream.
3: <laughs>
1: we ran into one of those out of Murmansk one night. Murmansk? Norway, huh?
2: Murmansk is not in Norway, dearie. Huh? It's in, uh, up near the. Uh... Russia. Oh, <laughs>
1: what did I say, Norway? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I meant Russia. Oh, I said it. <laughs> I know it right there on the Mediterranean. <laughs> well, yes, it's in that general direction, all right. Well, sir, there we were, bowling along with the tap rail completely shivered under the boom cradle. The lanyards were groaning, and the forepeak was fluttering, and the bilges were banging against the tiller, when all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we struck.
2: My goodness.
1: You struck what, sir, a rock? Oh, a bargain. <laughs> we agreed to jump overboard and swim ashore, which we did.
2: Uh, what became of the boat, dearie?
1: We never knew. But they say that on dark, windy nights around the Illinois River, a ghostly little sailboat can be seen silently gliding up and down the stream. Looking for it's lost, Master.
2: Hey, maybe we can see it tonight. It's been getting awfully windy in here.
1: What kind of a boat was it, sir? Sloop? No. Nope. Star class. Three masted cat boat with a balloon spin maker and a retractable cargo boom. I never heard of a ship like that, sir. Well, Natch Natch, I designed it myself.
4: What was the displacement?
1: No, didn't have any. Them luxuries weren't for me, bud. (laughs) When I went sailing, there was no fault or all about it. I mind one time we were sailing around the Horn. You
2: don't mean Cape Horn by any chance?
1: Why, certainly not. Somebody threw an old brass tube in the water near the dock, and we always had to sail around. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sir?
2: Look, McGee, uh, let Tommy do a little talking. You haven't let him get a word in edgeways. Why,
1: sure. Go ahead, Tommy. What kind of boat you been on? Cargo ships, mostly, sir, but I was on one tanker. We were in a convoy to Halifax. Ah, uh, and... Halifax. I planned to sail up there one summer. 1922 it was. Or was it 1923? No, it was 1922. Or was it? Well, now,
3: let's see.
1: Zan lost his teeth in the hay in 1920. No, it was 1924. I think. Yes, it was 1924. Well, it could have been 25.
2: Well, I wish you knew for sure, sweetheart. I'm all a Twitter to know what year it was you didn't go anyplace. (laughs) (laughs) Look, Tommy, uh, did you say you were going to sign on for the Merchant Marine again?
1: I don't know, ma'am. I haven't made up my mind. I've got to think about my future. Why, sure you have, son. But I was reading the other day that after the war, the Merchant Marine was going to be one of the great American industries. My gosh, with the experience you'll have then, you really ought to have something might be right about that, sir, but...
2: Oh, maybe the boy doesn't like the life, McGee.
1: Oh, I love it, ma'am. I'm just thinking if I ever got married... If you ever got married, your wife would be pretty proud of you, Tommy. Holding down a good job with a big steamship line and knowing you did the job you were trained for all through the war. Incidentally, I wonder if they take me.
2: Oh, sure. Hmm? Why you get seasick crossing the gutter on a rainy day. (laughs) (laughs) But, Tommy, why don't you... What's the matter, Tommy? I
1: thought I heard the front door open. you suppose alice my hello folks i hope i'm oh excuse me that's
2: all right mr wilcox this is tommy davis in the merchant marine
1: how do you do glad to meet you tommy i and here we're just swapping experiences junior nautical stuff sit down and listen if you want to but you won't understand much of it
2: (laughs) it was quite a swap too mr wilcox tommy has only been to russia asia africa the south seas and Iceland. But himself, here's been the star Rocky Illinois in a catboat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what did you mean I wouldn't understand nautical talk, pal? Well, I shipped his purser through the West Indies for several summer vacations. Uh, did you ever run into a four striper named Branigan in those latitudes, sir? Old oh, Saltport Branigan? Uh, Why, sure. He was my skipper for several runs. A great old
1: guy. Yes, sir. He always had a happy ship. I was with him in a convoy to Melbourne.
0: Uh, Speaking of happy ships, I remember one Uh, time... Ah, good old (laughs) Stalkor (laughs) Crannigan. Say, he's still got that parrot that swears, Tommy.
1: Yes, sir, only it doesn't swear anymore. We got straight by some zeros one day, and ever since then, the parrot just says, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, oh, my
2: goodness. (laughs) (laughs) These nautical discussions are a little over my head, boys. I always thought a quarter deck was 13 cards. Speaking of
1: quarterdecks, I had an experience once. We had a starboard taxi, but we had no hammer. So, so Tommy, I...
0: uh, remember how old Brannigan used to be so fussy about keeping the wardroom room ship shape? Mm, The folks will do, sir.
1: We had to polish the linoleum every third day or lose liberty.
0: Oh, sailor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you polish the linoleum with, Tommy? Uh, let me think. Oh, yes, it was called Johnson's
1: Self-Polishing
0: Glow Coat. Wonderful stuff.
2: Weren't you sticking your commercial neck out there, little Mr. Wilcox? Not
0: at all. Captain Brannigan always insisted on the best there was. You know, salt water's pretty tough on linoleum. Had to keep it protected. On the boat I had, we always... Used... Well, I remember one time a supercargo took aboard some inferior floor volleys, and he nearly got keel keelhauled. Old Branigan said, I'll take a marlin spike to the next chicken farmer that uses anything but Johnson's glow coat for the linoleum on my ship.
1: Yes, sir. He'd never let us use anything else, either. Said it saved a lot of the crew's time because it was so easy to apply. It made the linoleum last so much longer.
2: Well, shiver my timbers. I'm glad we always use it in our galley.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of galleys, this cat boat I had... Uh, are done... you on liberty now, Tommy? No, sir.
0: Discharged. Thinking of taking a shore job.
2: We've been telling him that he's needed a lot more in the Merchant Marine, Mr. Wilcox. Mm-hmm. You
0: certainly are, Tommy, very badly. <clears throat> Trained seamen are pretty scarce. It's men like you the services depend on to deliver the goods where they need it. You know what General Eisenhower said about you fellas? No, sir. Well, he said every man in this allied command is quick to express his admiration for the loyalty, courage, and fortitude of the officers and men of the Merchant Marine. They've never failed us yet, and we know they never will. Gee, did General
1: Eisenhower say that? He sure did, Tommy. I, I remember reading about that.
2: Yeah, you better stay with it, Tommy. You're an essential man, and you're building up to a great job after the war in the Merchant Marines.
0: And say, if you ever ship with old Salt Port Brannigan again, Tommy, tell him Purser Wilcox wished him a happy voyage. Yes, sir. What are you doing now, sir, in case he asks? I'm selling Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, Tommy. When I hit the deck, they rise and shine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I dropped in for, pal, was to know if you're going bowling tonight. Oh,
1: not tonight, Waxy. If Alice Darling and and Tommy here go out to a movie or something tonight, they might want me to go along.
2: Oh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be as welcome as a spotlight in Lovers Lane. You have to go now, Mister Wilcox.
0: Yes, I do, Molly. I'll see you later. Glad to have met you, Tommy. Glad to have had you aboard, sir. Nice to have been aboard, Mister.
2: What's that? uh, Nice to have been aboard stuff?
1: Navy etiquette, Molly. (laughs) Hey, did I tell you the experience I had once when we were running for the harbor and a sudden squeal come up? A sudden what? Squeal. That's a small squall.
2: (laughs) Well, sir. Uh, Pardon me, dearie. Uh, Tommy, dinner ought to be ready in a very short time and Alice should be here any minute. Would you like to go upstairs and wash up a bit?
1: Oh, yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. Uh, Second door, upper deck. Left of the companionway, sailor. Soon as you've stowed your, stowed your gear and fleeced your puss, come below. Aye, aye,
4: sir. <laughs> right away, sir.
2: Oh, my. Isn't he a nice lad, McGee?
1: Yeah.
2: I'm sure Alice and Dr. Gamble will like him.
1: Doc Gamble? What's that old bedside has got to do with it?
2: Why, you remember. You invited him to dinner tonight yourself.
1: I invited him? Oh, doggone it. Why can't I keep my big fat mouth shut? Is dinner about
2: ready? Well, I don't know. I'll ask Beulah. Oh, Beulah? Beulah? Somebody ball for Beulah? Yes, uh, Beulah, we're having a special guest for dinner tonight.
4: Yes, ma'am, I know. It's Dr. Gamble. But I don't consider him special company, ma'am. Oh, he's just an old homebody.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I wish that old body would find another home. He's going to eat us out
2: of ours. I thought the doctor was on a diet. He is, ma'am. <laughs> Tell
4: me, Bula, he tell me, Beulah, you tell me, Beulah, I am on a very special diet. I don't eat nothing but food.
1: You can say that again. But we weren't referring to him, Beulah. We brought home a sailor from the Merchant Marine.
2: Yes, he couldn't find a place to sleep tonight, so he's staying with us. Okay, ma'am. Miss Alice gonna be here, too?
1: Oh, Sure that sailor, so steamed up to meet her, he whistles at grade crossing.
2: <laughs> he may take her to a movie after dinner, Beulah. Is there a good one in town? Well, they say the picture at the Bijou is real good, ma'am.
4: It's all about the income tax, I think.
1: A movie about the income tax? What's the name of it?
4: National Velvet.
2: <laughs> I think that picture's about a steeplechase, Beulah.
1: No, same thing. One little stumble and it's a horse on you. <laughs>
4: Well, don't you worry now about this sailor being fed good, folks. We got plenty of everything, and more than that, most. Good.
2: He'll sleep in in uh, Uncle Dennis's old room. Beautiful. And I hope
1: it ain't haunted. Uncle Dennis entertained a lot of spirits in there.
3: <laughs> entertained a lot of filth. In there. <laughs> Love that man.
0: Man singing Oh
4: Michael. Here is the story of love in its glory. Believe me, it's straight from the heart. The time is the present, the place you can guess, and the hero is ready to start. He speaks, Oh Michael, oh Michael, stick your head out the window. It's Jimmy. Oh Michael, oh Michael, would just like to go places tonight? Oh Michael. Oh, Michael, I can't wait for the kisses you'll give me. Oh, Michael, oh, Michael, when you kiss me, the world is all right. Our romance is why we're dancing, while me heart flies as high as a kite. Oh, Michael, oh, Michael, hurry up, hurry down to your chimney, where the guys are how he wants a go o when I wants me moil tonight. Don't you break a date. Hey, why Don't you break a date. Don't you break a date. Are you <laughs> going to leave me standing here until I grow the beer? Oh, moil oh, you use the boy to my like, don't forget it. Oh, moil me toy there'll be no sweeter goil in the block. Better hurry down, better hurry up. Oh, moil hey, my but, guy should get fresh, he will regret it. Oh, Michael, me title, feel me muscles, as hard as a rock. I got a lot to tell you, all the things that me heart couldn't write. So, Mike, get your squirt on your sight and leave behind on your Jimmy. Though I ain't much on grammar, I'll oin' about grammar when I'm with me, Michael. <laughs>
5: gravy, Alice? Oh, no, thank you, Mrs. McGee. I have to watch my figure, you know.
0: Couldn't think of a pleasanter assignment, my dear.
1: (laughs) Ah, pipe down, you old Rui. You're old enough to be her grandfather. A man is only as old as he looks, Sonny, and I can still do that.
3: Uh,
1: please pass the biscuits if you can stop gnawing on that chicken leg long enough.
2: Pass the chicken, will you
5: please,
1: Tommy? Uh, give Alice some. Certainly. Have some Alice chicken? I mean, have some chicken, Alice?
5: (laughs) No, oh, no, thank you, Tommy. And oh, go on with what you were telling me about the time you had to jettison the cargo off Cape Hatteras.
1: About the time you had to what? Had to jettison the cargo, dopey. Huh? If you'd ever gotten enough salt air in your nostrils to clear your stuffy little brain, you'd know that means throw the cargo overboard in an emergency. We had to do that once in the middle of the China Sea.
2: Who did, doctor?
1: The ship I was on, taking a world cruise, doctor. Uh, I took plenty of 'em, my boy. I was ship's surgeon on the Atlantic and Orient line for a long time. Ah, likely story. (laughs) (laughs) If you know so much about boats, what's a fiddledy hatch
5: Oh, I know what that is, Mr. McGee.
1: Gee, do you really, Alice? What
5: is it, Alice? Well, it's a grating over the engine room for ventilating purposes.
1: Correct, Alice. How do you know so much about boats,
5: Alice? Well, when I was a little girl, I lived with my uncle, and he had a hundred-foot yacht. We traveled all over in it. Well, looks like you and I were
2: the only ones who didn't know a bilge from a bulge, McGee.
1: I'd know his bulge from a bilge place.
3: <laughs>
1: you better cut down on the calories, Chubby, or people will think you're smuggling
3: balloons.
1: Have <laughs> the butter, please, Tommy. I mind one time when a guy on my boat broke his arm in a heavy sea, being thrown against the wall of a the cabin. Uh, and... They don't
5: call it a wall on board ship, Mr. McGee. They call it a bulkhead.
1: Yeah, that's what I meant. Both. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we, he was laying there on the floor. Not floor, landlubber. Deck. Yes. He was laying there on the deck while I went downstairs. We don't say downstairs, sir. We say below. So I went below.
3: <laughs>
1: and I made a slint out of a broomstick I found in the kitchen. The galley. In the galley. Then I come back upstairs. Uh, and...
5: You mean you came topside, Mr. McGee.
1: I came topside with a broomstick and I made an emergency splint. It was kind of crude, but we didn't. We call that a jury rig, sir. Means temporary.
2: Another biscuit, dearie?
1: No, I don't want another biscuit. Thank you. <laughs> I just don't want to be interrupted in everything I say, that's all. Oh, sorry, sir. Oh, does isn't you, Tommy, my boy. Our host is slightly incinerated that he can't impress Alice and me with his nautical knowledge. By the way, did you ever get to Oahu? Oh, yes, sir, several times. Beautiful voyage. Oh,
5: I remember it very well, Doctor. Diamond head to starboard, Molokai to port, and all those flying fish skittering around.
1: Gee, I wish you and I had. I mean, well, maybe someday. I mind one time I was sailing on the Illinois no, River no, no, in my uh, You're not... going back in the Merchant Marine Service, aren't you, Tommy? Yes, sir, I think I will. Alice says she'll write to me every day, every week, too.
2: Yeah. I'll send you some cookies, Tommy.
1: In that case, Mrs. McGee, I'll make it my life's work. Oh, anyway, we were scuttling along, see? Making about ten knots an hour. Oh, you
5: don't say ten knots an hour, Mr. McGee. You just say ten knots. A knot is a unit of speed, a nautical mile, about 6,080 feet in an hour.
2: (laughs) Coffee, doctor? It's the way you like it. Dark is Japan's future. (laughs) Strong as a brewery
1: horse. Well, thanks, Molly. I will. Uh, The reason I ask, Tommy, is that I think you've got a great future in the Merchant Marine. You'll have eventually a secure job in a tremendous industry. Uh, No thanks. No cream. Yes, sir. I guess I will. But but Alice says the important thing is they need me now. Oh,
5: they really do, Tommy. And in six months' time, a man can now make the progress it would have taken him three years to make before Pearl Harbor. Talk about
1: progress. When I had my cat boat on the Illinois River, I was tying up to the dock one day. Don't say tying up, amateur. Say making fast. Okay, wise guy. So I was fast making to the dock one day. (laughs) (laughs) And I noticed the boat was kind of low in the water. So I went back aboard. (laughs) Back aboard. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Back
1: aboard. Is that right, you
3: experts?
2: Sounds reasonable.
1: Quite correct, sir. Perfect, for once.
2: Go ahead, Mr. McGee.
1: So I goes back aboard, see, and went down inside of the keel to invest... Inside
2: the keel? Suffering
1: shades of John Paul Jones.
5: <laughs> uh, you mean down into the hole, Mr. McGee. <laughs>
1: Excuse me, please.
5: McGee,
2: where are you going? I'm going
1: to finish my dinner in the kitchen. That's where I'm going. I can't open my mouth around here, but what some salty wise guy jumps down my throat. I know when I've had enough. I'll see you later. Mind if I finish my dinner out here, Beulah? No, sir. No objections whatsoever, hmm.
4: sir. Ain't they give you no elbow room. Hmm.
1: That's not the trouble, Beulah. I'm outclassed in there. That's all. I came out here because you're the only person in the joint that knows nothing about boats.
3: Oh.
4: <laughs> Are you kidding, Mrs.? What do you mean? Well, for goodness' sake, I was stewardess on an ocean liner for seven years. You were? Just...
1: Oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs>
0: us like to feel that what we do has the approval of our friends, even in the selection of our clothes or laundry soap or floor polish. This is true. Well, then, if you're one of the many housekeepers who keep your linoleum floors sparkling with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, you should feel pretty good, because glow coat is the choice of most housekeepers. And what's more, it's recommended both by housekeeping authorities and by linoleum manufacturers themselves. To you ladies who have used other Johnson's Wax products, the name Johnson itself on the package is the only recommendation you need. And if you're a regular user of Glowcoat, Coat, you know how much it saves you work and saves your linoleum. Glowcoat Coat shines as it dries, without rubbing or buffing. And its regular use makes linoleum last six to ten times longer, besides keeping it beautifully polished.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, there's really an urgent, almost desperate need for men in the merchant marine. Experienced able bodied seamen, mates, cooks, bakers, radio telegraphers, firemen, oilers, water tenders, and engineers of all classes are needed immediately.
2: Three new merchant ships are being launched every day, and we must have men to man them. This is a vital war job with a great post war future.
1: So we hope all qualified men will wire collect at once. To Merchant Marine, Washington, D.C., giving their ratings and addresses. They'll be put on standby pay immediately, and transportation will be furnished to the port of assignment.
2: Get out on the water, men, for the land's sake. Good night. Good night, all.
0: This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson Wax Finishes for Home and Industry inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night.
4: This is the National Broadcasting Company.